Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. 60% of people are suffering from a chronic disease today. There are five main sources in our home that are contributing to those chronic diseases. And most people have no idea that they're using materials within their homes that are actually making them sick. What if you could clean your home safely? You could have easy to make recipes with items you already have, and you could make a few small changes to get yourself on that path to wellness. In my course, I'll show you how to detox each and every room of your house and create a healthy home environment. Hello, everyone. I am so glad you are tuning in to the Toxin Terminator. If you are brand new to our show, please make sure you click that subscri subscribe button on the podcast down below. Um, if you've been listening, uh, thank you for tuning back in. Today, we've got a very special guest. I'm super excited because this has been one of my uh, biggest struggles in my journey to live a toxin-free lifestyle, and it took quite a bit of work, uh, and I love the principles that we're going to talk about today. So we have got with us Mike Collins. He is dedicated his life to bringing awareness to sugar addiction. It is huge. Um, and it is a cause, I believe, that both of us will say for many of our chronic illnesses and diseases in the United States today. It is the leading contributor to obesity and type uh, 1 and 2 diabetes, I would um, contend. He is an Amazon bestseller. He has the book, The Last Resort Sugar Detox Guide. Uh, he is the founder of SugarAddiction.com and Quit Sugar Summits. I'm really excited to have you come on and share this message because this is a struggle for so many people. For sure. Most of the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one. It, it really is. And I, I believe it's because sugar is hidden mm. in so many places. Would you agree with some of that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think it's a that's a newer evolutionary concept that uh, you know, if you if you look back, I love the history of it all, right? So if you go back about three hundred years, we were only eating about four pounds a year, but between like the eighteen hundreds and the nineteen hundreds, went to a hundred pounds a year because of the trafficking of slavery and, and everything in the in the English and the cartel that they built basically and took over the world on the backs of the money they made on sugar. So it took time, but we were never meant physically to ingest this much sugar. Never. When you say like a hundred pounds, are you saying that today most people digest a hundred pounds of sugar a year? No, that was the 1900s. It's more like 150 now. Oh my God, I'm trying to, I mean, that's more than I physically weigh. Yeah, no, and, and that's before the flour too. So it's, uh, we are pushing a lot of white powder through our body every year. Well, I was going to say that's, that's got to be before like grains and, grains. you know, yep. all of it. Yep. Uh, you know, it's Caffeine. the body. Yeah. 
The body doesn't recognize the difference between like a processed sugar and a green, right? I mean, it, it sees it all as glucose. Well, you're very advanced in saying that, and I don't usually get to that for the folks because I got they they kind of know in the back of their mind about the sugar. Mm-hmm. When I start talking about the grains and that, and it does turn to sugar and jack your glucose levels up, then they get a little bit like, wow, you know, they're just and it's the same. I mean, your glucose levels are going up one way or the other, right? Right. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, very important to understand that grains, even like they talk about brown rice or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. still going to jack your, it's like sugar. It, it turns right into sugar. Right. And, yeah. You know, uh, last summer I did a 30 day sugar detox and I know we're going to talk about this because you've got some ideas behind here and I want to hear those. And I, I did less than eight grams of sugar a day. Mm. And let me tell you, trying to figure out what to eat was <laughs> really hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we talk about is called the scratch test, right? So, you know, if you were to go to an allergist, right, you would get scratched for pollen and ragweed and dust and everything. Well, our scratch test is really simple to try and go 30 days with zero sugar, okay? And then possibly 60, 30 or, or 60 or 90 days, but to see how you feel, to see how you look, to see if there's any weight loss, to see if your skin is a little bit better to see if the brain fog doesn't clear up. And most adults have never done this since they were a baby, okay, probably in the womb, but they've never really tried to see what their body is like, what what the response of their body is with no sugar for 30 or 60 or 90 days. And that, that little scratch test, that little experiment, if you will, that little N1 experiment, is so valuable to people when I've never seen anyone get to 90 days and actually go back to sugar. Now, they may slip a little bit, but they Mm -hmm. never, we have really effectively (laughs) goofed up their sugar use forever because weight loss is very hard to hide and you don't even need to exercise. If you truly stick to this detox that we talk about, you'll never, I mean, you just won't go back. I mean, it's kind of scary, really. But most people can't do it. That's the hard part. And we'll get into why they can't do it in a few minutes, I'm sure. But it's like if I tell you stop eating steak, nah, no problem. I stop broccoli, no problem. You know, but when it gets to taking people's sugar away, they go through these weird withdrawals, Mm -hmm. basically. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, I I did a lot of brain tapping in that time frame to to help counterbalance the the detoxing, you know, from the sugar. But let me tell you, my personal results of being sugar free for those 30 days was um, I lost a lot of my belly fat. Mm. Uh, that was um, really a big thing. And the brain fog, that was huge yeah. uh, in the clarity of thought and the and the brain fog. So, I, I mean, I can't agree more that we all need to be sugar-free and not just for 30 days. Yeah. Um, I know you talk a lot about why sometimes these little detox things like this don't work. Right. Um, but let's talk about the the why it's so hard for people to get off of sugar? Yeah, sure. No, great question. And the reason is really scientifically, uh, I think just coming into light now, right? Like there's 12-step groups and people who anecdotally have figured this out, but mm-hmm. it does require 100% abstinence for a time period just to kind of reset your body, right? 
but in for your for your folks that don't know the table sugar molecule is divided half fructose and half glucose right okay. and we've been talking about the effect of glucose on the body the diabetes and the weight gain the belly fat and the you know that kind of stuff but very few people until recently last 5 years when the science has exploded the brain science has exploded on fructose right and so mm-hmm. fructose affects the nucleus accumbens the, the dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, GABA, even your adrenal glands are affected. Mm-hmm. And most people don't realize that they're not looking for a, uh, a, a sweet taste in their mouth. What they're looking for is a dopamine hit or another dopamine hit to okay. avoid the withdrawals, right? They're looking mm-hmm. to feel that elevated feeling just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And the problem is when you get to be an adult, Really, you're just fighting off withdrawals. You're just ingesting just to stay even. You're not, so you don't go and you're not a little bit depressed and you're not a bit tired and you're not hungry and lethargic and hangry and, and uh, you know, not motivated. And that, and, and when, when people kind of grasp it, when they split apart the idea that this is not about the food, I'm going to say this probably three or four times during this, it's not about the food. It really is. Getting off, yeah, sure, you got to eat whole food. I mean, don't that's the given, right? You right. can't eat, you can't ingest sugar, but it really is to think about, to journal out, to understand that you're really looking for a dopamine elevation, elevated hit when you're trying, when you have those cravings for the sugar, right? And when okay. you're having the withdrawals, and so once that, one of the things I like about podcasts is that Amy is they. It's, it takes about an hour or 45 minutes or 30 minutes. It takes time. We don't have something like meat is murder or uh, friends don't let friends drive drunk. It takes a little bit of time to set it up, to talk about the history, to talk about the fructose, to talk about before people really kind of get everything and piece it all together. I mean, they right. kind of know that sugar's not that great for them, but they don't really know why they can't just say I don't want to do it and then actually succeed for 30 or 60 days. They always seem to be drawn back. And that's what we try and uh, flesh out. I like that Um, because it is. I mean, sugar is such a huge drug. It really is. You have to look at it as a drug. I've heard that the addiction level to sugar is, is higher than that of addiction to cocaine. Are methamphetamines. Yeah. I, you know, that's been proven in rats for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, it's weird because Facebook gave us a little bit of that might be false news kind of thing one day. And I was kind of uh-huh. nervous because we have 7,000 people in a Facebook group. We don't want to lose it. They're like, and, no, no. No, no. But, but, and it's true. The part that I've seen, this is true. And uh, I can definitely relate. Maybe you can relate. For, I have worked with recovering people, food, um, or drug and alcohol people. It's a short story. So my parents were still alive about five or six years ago, and I was an abstinence-based guy. I, I'm a recovering alcoholic and stuff. And I didn't want to tell my story uh, really that much. I was working with the sugar thing. So when they passed, I said, hell with it. You know, and I started to talk about my story, about my recovery. Dang, if like I didn't get this flood of recovering uh, people now. These people have been clean, sh- sober, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years off of drugs and alcohol, but they could not put down the sugar. Right? These people are savvy 
about addiction and recovery and stopping things. And they had tried some for years, some for decades. My, one of my coaches been sober 20 years and she's been to every program and done every diet on the planet, but she couldn't put the sugar down. And mm -hmm. th so it's like this, uh, to me, that, that level of social acceptance and this idea that there's not enough people doing it, there's not um, this acceptance out there that this is a powerful psychoactive drug has kept people addicted. So that's kind of the message we're trying to spread. Right. Well, when you look at, for instance, um, I think back to when my son was little and um, he played, you know, first he played soccer. And what were the snacks brought, oh, you know, know, during their rest periods? Right. Uh, what gets served at birthday parties? What happens when you go to all these different social gatherings? Even as you become an adult, it's all around candy. It's all around sweet. It's all around sugar. Mm. Um, you know, so again, you take the drinking and Mike shared that he's, you know, recovery. And so am I, um, and, you know, drinking is considered social norm. It's part of a gathering. It's part of parties. It's a part of getting, you know, together, but it doesn't have to be right. right? right. Yeah, no, I mean, the. The, the analogies are really strong. And when I see, what the, uh, you can only ask a person who's lost 100 or 200 pounds, anyone who succeeded in that has finally grasped the idea that they were addicted to flour and sugar, right? <laughs> yeah. No, really. And then they pass through this same recovery. There's a very common construct in the recovery world of if, and most people know about anybody that's worked at a treatment center or even been to treatment knows that people tell, they tell you that if you started using drugs and alcohol when you're 14 or 15 years old, that's when you stop growing emotionally. It's like you, you weren't able to handle uh, life. You weren't able to handle salaries and jobs and uh, work and places to live and relationships. So you were very immature because you were handling your emotional life with a substance, right? Well, right. can you imagine that you started doing this when you were a baby with sugar. Because if you ever talk to any of those people who have lost 100 or 200 pounds, they say the same thing. Yeah. They have to go through the same process. They have to re-engineer their emotional management system, meaning when they're stressed, when they're worried, when they're scared. When See, your mom did this to you when you were little, right? You were crying and upset. Instead of getting down, give you a hug. Basically, she handed you a cookie, sent you to the TV. So you learned that when you were hurting or upset or crying or worried or afraid that you use sugar, right? And so the, this is basically trained into us. And the thing that people refuse to accept is, and again, ask these people that have lost two and 300 pounds, and they will tell you that they haven't, that, that they use the sugar to comfort themselves, to soothe themselves, right? And instead of going to yoga, getting a hug, going for a walk, walking the dog, watching the sunset, eating new food, a uh, million different ways, hundreds of different ways to self-soothe, uh, take a jacuzzi, take a bath. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to self-soothe, to manage, you know, right. to the next day. So, you know, you can handle the problem instead of using sugar, right? Right. And so when that myth, that understanding is busted apart and and 
delve deep into, then folks change and they grow. I love that. I mean, you're you're describing a picture of like a woman sitting there in her bathrobe with a tub of ice cream because she's depressed or anxious and just eating. We hear so many times uh, this past year about the COVID-15, you know, the COVID-40 that, you know, the, the people putting on the weight because they've been put into situations that they're not normally in. And so what are they doing? They're choosing all the wrong foods to be eating and sugar being on the top of that list. That's a proven fact. They, you know, sh- they were, weren't only hoarding toilet paper during the first part of the <laughs> pandemic, but sugar sales were up, flour sales were up, candy, both can- chocolate and regular candy sales were up and are still up, right? Yeah. And, you know, we've had, again, like that weird flood of people who after January said enough's enough. Right. right. And they, 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 they see what from March to January did to their weight, to their skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're just they look at the candy wrappers and the garbage and they say, I can't do this anymore. Right. And so they reach out and try and get some help. But, yeah, yeah. it's been a, it, it, it upset people's like financially, uh, school, everything. Mm-hmm upside down and that's how we handle the stress right it's a go-to process that we learn unconsciously now we didn't do it on purpose Uh, we unconsciously learned how to handle it that way and again I always go Rodney Dangerfield. I don't know if you know Rodney. He, he used to say, I get no respect, right? Yeah. And so sugar gets no respect. Like it's like the, uh, you know, like alcohol or, or, or marijuana or cocaine or something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get respect. But look, when you do sugar or when you do alcohol, you do a little bit. You know, you do a little heroin, you do a little marijuana, a little cocaine, whatever. But we are pounding 20 teaspoons a day. That's average. And that's children and that's everybody. But can you imagine you've had a big habit? 30, 40 teaspoons of sugar a day through your body. Just weigh it out. Just measure it out and look at the pile. That's a lot of sugar. You know, and the dose makes the poison, right? So you're you're never off the stuff. You're just never most people, average people are never off it, you know. Don't know what it's like. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we were talking about, I did that uh, 30 day detox back in, uh, what was it, July or August of of last summer, did really, really well during that 30 days. And after that was over, I haven't dove back into it, but certainly um, there's a lot of sugars that have creeped back into my my world. Yeah. Um, you know, so what do you what do you do? You know, we we spent the first half, you know, kind of talking about what what the problem is and, mm-hmm. and kind of what the mindset is around that, that this is just, you know, overwhelming always, you know, out there. So what's our first step? Where do we start? Where do we go? Well, that's great. Yeah, no, it's uh, thank you. I mean, look. I mean, the, the simple answer is you got to stop the sugar, but that's not as simple as it sounds, right? <laughs> right? Because what happens, what wells up in the body are these emotions, both older emotions and emotions of today, right? The things that you've used to process are not there anymore. You can't just sit on the couch and have that ice cream you're talking about right? because you're not having any right now. So you start to get this little anxiety or this anxiousness. And so you've got to, you know, dive into it. But what you need to do is you need to, here's what we found. And I, this is from my own experience. I bought sugaraddiction.com 
the domain name 10 or 11 years ago and started giving the best information on the planet. And some people got it and just ran with it and quit sugar. But what happened, what I found is that people need an inordinate amount of support because we're still a little bit new to this. It's it's kind of unusual for someone to be sugar free mm-hmm. uh, or to think about it. And even sometimes their spouse. So they need to be in another tribe. They need to need another group of people who get what they've done, what they've come to the conclusion that their research says, their body says, their weight says, their health says that they're, you know, they got to stop the sugar, at least try to see what it would be like without. Did you know that many of us have symptoms of toxin overload in our bodies, but we don't even know it? Signs of a toxic overload could be headaches, fatigue, insomnia, skin issues like acne and psoriasis, and hormonal imbalances, and the list just keeps on going. But the problem I had, and I'm sure many of you have had, is how can you know how well you're managing your toxic risk? That's why I've put together a free toxic risk assessment that will help you discover what products might be contributing to your toxic symptoms and what small changes you can make to detox and cleanse your health. After you take the assessment, you're going to get my free toxic free home shopping guide. This is the easy button for finding the right products to shop for. These are the products I've been using in my home and the products I give my stamp of approval on. Take your free assessment now at amycarlson.com to get on the path of detoxing and cleansing your health. And so when you start that process with another group of people, you up your success rate exponentially, right? Right. And so... In the first three, I, we've done thousands of these with people, right? And we, like I said, we have a Facebook group of 7,000 people. I mean, just so supportive, so loving. And we get to, you know, the same question gets asked over and over. What about honey? What about fruit? What about fruit juice? You know, people are, <laughs> you've seen it in drug and alcohol recovery. <laughs> people are looking for wiggle room. They're looking for to stay in, they're looking to stay in their old world, but move into a new world, right? Right. And to go from the standard American diet to 100% absence from sugar and, and even flour and grain sometimes and fruit is a big stretch. And there is withdrawals. Days two through five, if you were to quit flour, sugar, and caffeine as an average American, and I've gone this through this hundreds of times where they did all three at the same time, by days three and four, you are incapacitated. You think that you're losing your mind. You can't get out of bed. Your head hurts. Some people are nauseous. One of my coaches is a practicing therapist. She was throwing up for two days. Oh. I mean, it just, it, 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 it's very, very real and very, very experiential, I guess is the right word. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got to understand that this is coming. You've got to have a guide. You have to get the Sherpa, somebody who's going to help you get to the other side. Because most people... They run backwards because, right. and they don't do it consciously. They say, well, I'll just have a little of this <laughs> because that's what they worked before. Unconscious muscle memory kicks in and mm-hmm. then, they, then they've blown it. And they're not able to continue. So then it gets past day 10, day 14. The physical starts to slip away. And something they call in the drug and alcohol world called the pink cloud starts to come in. <laughs> and so they're like... Well, I got this. It's been 14 days. I'm down five pounds. I can handle a little bit, right? Oh, and that, yeah. yeah. That sends them right off back to the 
Never Neverland, right? So you got to understand this process completely end to end for 30 days. Usually, hopefully, fingers crossed, from days 30 to, to 90 as well, because right. there's a CDC study. There's bunches of studies. There's hundreds mm -hmm. of them, actually, that most people who lose a lot of weight gain it all back and then some in the first year, right? Yeah. And th this is a, from The Biggest Loser. There's a bunch of studies out there. So, and the real reason is because of exactly what we're describing. They end up getting off the stuff by my white knuckling, biting another. Like just they get it. They finally make it, right? Mm -hmm. But they haven't done what I just described. They haven't reordered their emotional management system to get another system in place so that when a tough time comes, and tough times will come, life, you know, whatever, or some distant memory will come up that you never really worked through your divorce or your, you know, mm -hmm. your finance, your bankruptcy or something, something you never worked out. You just kept using. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, if they don't understand this, like pattern, the genius is only pattern recognition, right? And right. because we've done thousands of these things, we've seen it all, everything, you know, every excuse, every, you know, reason people fall back, every reason they go forward. And so that's why, uh, if they don't have this kind of um, this this Sherpa, this guide, someone to do it, they fall back. But physically and mentally, it's a lot bigger than just a diet. It's a lot bigger right. than just quitting right. sugar. I mean, that's so right. easy to say, but not so easy to do. Right. <laughs> well, I love that you you incorporate and you talk about you know recovery because you know you can have these campaigns of just say no, just quit, just do right. this, but it takes. It takes having others that have gone there before you, that have been, you know, beaten the path down for you, that you can rely on and 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 lean on as you're getting your feet underneath of you, yep. you know, so that you can withstand anything that life is going to throw at you as you move forward. Mm -hmm. um, and sugar addiction is no different. I I, I want to ask the question: Do you believe? Uh, I have my theories of answers here, but, you know, a person who is addicted to alcohol or drugs, I believe, are is addicted to almost anything that you put in front of them, right? Mm -hmm. There's sure. just, there's something biochemistry different in our brains because, you know, you can just take it to anywhere. Is it the same thing with sugar? Is, is there a, a switch that gets flipped? You yeah. know, because some people can take it or leave it and others are like, you know, yeah, the numbers are pretty clear now, or they're becoming into focus, okay? And they kind of model the uh, obesity rates in the United States. And right. I, I don't know if the bio says that I was the last year the chairman of the Food Addiction Institute, and okay. uh, uh, I'm on the board this year. But um, and at the at the at the at the institute, they really um, have, they've studied late stage food addiction for decades, right? Okay. And so. They, they the numbers break down something like this. About a third of people are biochemically in, unable to ingest sugar without setting up a system of cravings or a, a sequence of continued cravings where they just keep eating and they can't stop till they right. pass out. And and they those are late stage later stage foods and that kind of models the obesity rate of a third of the country obese. Then the next group is kind of what we call the harmful use, harmful users, okay? They've just pushed it. They've just fallen into society or their family patterns, and they've overeaten it. 
and there is probably a slight addiction thing going on, but they are, you know, they can stop and maybe eventually one day enjoy a sugar once or twice a year or three times, whatever, in a mm-hmm. celebration. And then there's this other group, this last people that are perfectly normal. They can leave a half a brownie. We all hate them, right? And so <laughs> they're, they're normies, right? They're, they can just do But now I want to qualify something in that though, that would normally track with the thin people. They're the right size body people, right? And the middle group would track with the overweight and not the obese, right? But you can be very thin and very sick metabolically and be a very serious sugar addiction. I've had Olympic athletes, ultra marathoners, people that cannot quit sugar because they've used it for fuel, right? They've used Mm -hmm. it for a large amount of their fuel. fuel. And this has been a modern day phenomena called carb loading, which is total crap, but it's very thought people still believe it in the running world and the athletic world. Mm -hmm. So, Yes. The answer to your question, 100%, there is a group of people that is biochemically unable to process this this stuff and without setting up these adverse effects of continued right. cravings. Right. Well, and, and um, so you're, uh, what I'm hearing from you in terms of your tips is, is truly you, you've got to get the support. You've got to get the the, the team around you that's going to help you move through all these stages that know what these stages are that you're going to walk through in order to truly get to the other side uh, sure. where you can live a, a sugar-free life, have that health. Tell me what, what place does a person need to get into that says, okay, I'm ready. Mm. Good question. So people ask me what my business model is. And I say, I sort for people that are ready (laughs) because it doesn't matter how bad I want it for them. Right. Right. I can't make them want it for themselves. So they need to be, I always say, look, if you get to sugaraddiction.com, you don't need to take the quiz. You already answered your own question. <laughs> Normal people aren't looking at this. <laughs> yeah. They're not, they're not checking that out. So, so yeah, I mean, so, and look, you know, people know if they're ready, it's well, whether or not they're willing to admit it to themselves and, you know, take the medicine, bite the bullet, whatever those cool phrases are, you know, if they're willing to do that, then they're ready. And, uh, it, you know, there's a, that old recovery saying, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then this is going to work for you. You've got to be ready. And most people think it's about this. Is a, this I want to quantify this and clarify this is that most people think it's about the weight, right? They think of, they think it's a, uh, they think it's get, They always ask me for a food plan and an exercise plan. Yeah. Number one, you don't need to exercise at all, and you will lose weight, and yeah. you will get. You can get healthy just walking mm-hmm. around to the car, and you know that. But it's not about the food. Very almost little, very little of it. Ten percent is about the food. It's about the things we've been discussing, right? right. It's about the the addictive processes and and the and the the power of the psychoactive nature of the drug and the brain, and all that. And so when people kind of grasp that and understand it, then they, they kind of move to the next level. Yeah. Well, and I would say, it, it, I agree with you 100% when you say it's not about the weight. I have been a thin person my entire 
life. And in fact, I was so thin when I was younger that I I was made fun of. Didn't matter what I ate, I couldn't put the weight on. It wasn't until I I reached into my 40s where I started being able to have any kind of, you know, weight on me. But because I was thin, my mindset was I was a healthy person Mm -hmm. and I was farther from the truth. And you You could eat anything you want. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I would... Here's the thing. I've been in my persona as the toxin terminator for seven years, Mike. And 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 if you're listening, wow. you're going to get a real insight on me. I would go from event to event and in the car, I would eat hostess ding dongs and, <laughs> you know, in hiding because I could do it in the car. I mean, true addict. Hello. <laughs> you're not you alone know. in that. You're, you're not alone. I've been yeah. on a lot of addiction recovery podcasts, right? And half. A solid half, some of the biggest ones in in the country. And uh, they said, I had you on because I have a sugar problem. (laughs) Like, I wanted to understand what was going on with me. I need to know. All right. I want two more more questions I want to get through before we finish up our time together. Number one. Um, maybe you're not at a point where you're like inside your head, you're going, yeah, I know I'm a sugar addict. Maybe you're not quite there yet. What might be like, if, if this is happening, you might be a sugar addict. Could you give like maybe two or three things? I I like that. Mike, that guy, uh, you might be a a redneck. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think he just helped me develop a new line, a a new uh, new way to process or a new way to get my message out. Um, You might be a sugar addict if weight has been an issue. You might be a sugar addict. You might be a sugar addict if you can't sleep through the night without getting up three, four, five times to pee. Now, what is diabetes symptoms? Frequent urination. We've had bunches of people literally, not me saying it, their doctor saying that they have put diabetes 2, not 1, but diabetes 2 into remission. Okay? Yep. Got off their medications yep. completely. They, are no, they no longer have diabetes 2, right? And that's the doctor telling, not me. We just got them off the sugar. And so you might be a, a, a sugar addict if um, your your brain cognition, your memory, your um, your ability to process is not quite as quick as it used to be when you were younger. You know that you have adult acne. You might be a sugar addict if you have adult acne. I had adult acne my whole life till I got off this stuff. Yeah. Um, you might be a sugar addict. Um, what else? If you don't, if you're not happy with your skin tone, if you're mm-hmm. not your skin, the you know the, the 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 softness, the smoothness, or whatever of your skin. So there's there's a bunch more. I mean, it goes on and on. The digestion part, mm-hmm. diarrhea or constipation. A lot of times it's more constipation, but it's both. If you have digestive issues, like I always laugh my fool head off when I hear about gluten free people. It mm-hmm. makes me crazy because these people are all ingesting uh, sugars and flours that don't have gluten in them. And they're, you know, they're still have like Crohn's disease and they have all these issues. So if you have digestive issues and like you said, the belly fat, um, mm-hmm. that's a real simple, you know, you can tell the 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 weight ratios of the belly fat right if you're thin everywhere else but you got this belly fat not only do you have belly fat that's showing you probably have fat around your organs 
Yeah. Even if you're thin. Yep. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah, there's, it goes on and on. Oh, I love, I love, you did so good putting you on the spot to be able to come up with those. I love it. Um, last question. And then I'm going to give you the floor to finish this up. Yeah. Uh, the last question is what would be your favorite or top toxin free lifestyle tip for our audience? Hmm, that's a good one. I'm a kind of a water nut, and that's a big help. You know, I'm I'm like a water. Uh, I've got you know Italian waters. I've got all kind of different waters. I got two water bars in my house. I mean, one of the things people are drinking this processed water, uh, meaning through filters, the crap in the store that's basically made in a factory and stuff added back and put in plastic. You can get bottled spring water with um, uh, magnesium, uh, sodium, silica for your skin. You can get calcium, all of these great uh, bottled waters for cheaper than soda. Mm -hmm. And it comes in glass, fully recyclable, right? And it's a great way. And most people, another part of it is like, they don't understand they should drink the liter of before they eat anything. And in the morning, simply because the process air that we all live in, the the air conditioning and the uh, heating, I mean, people, this dries you out. You, you can just simply watch a shower when you take a shower when the air's on or the heat's on and it's not because then the mirror's not bogged up, right? That's what's happening to your body when you're laying in bed getting, you know, all night. So mm -hmm. good, fresh spring water will help flush toxins better than anything, even if you stay on the sugar and the crap, you know? Mm -hmm. So to adopt that one habit. I love that. For sure. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And Mike, I'm going to give you the floor to finish up, you know, your final thoughts for our audience as we come to a close. Well, this is an interesting thing for the folks that are live on this thing, because we are, and I don't, well, I, I guess I'm giving this away, but anyway, we have just finished our Quit Sugar Summit on Sunday, 57 speakers. It was amazing, right? But we don't haven't told anybody yet because we've got thousands of emails from people that missed days because it's totally free. All you can do is go to quitsugarsummit.com and tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, now this won't help for the folks on the recorded podcast, but you can still give us your email and uh, we'll tell you in the next event. This is our sixth annual I mean, we have Robert Lustig, we have Gary Taubes, we have Judy Collins, the famous singer. Mm -hmm. she, she's on there, wrote a book about her recovery from drugs and alcohol and then food and sugar. And yes. so we have all these people, and that is going on tomorrow. If you go and give your email today, right now, then you will be able to check that out. And the next thing is like the group that we talked about basically starts at sugaraddiction.com um, and the 30-day challenge. Okay. If they can jump over to the 30-day challenge, you can start anytime. We do start a little bit larger groups monthly, but anytime okay. you can start because it's you can binge watch it or whatever. You get mm -hmm. 30 videos coming. You get me coming in your inbox every day. We've got hundreds of videos, a lot of old summit videos in there from the experts. So, uh, you know, we again, hundreds and hundreds of verified uh, success story uh, testimonials of people that have gone through this process and understand it. So sugaraddiction.com, the 30 day challenge, great stuff. So love, to, love, love to help you guys. I love that. And then we're posting that or we're scrolling that right down underneath of us. It's just www.sugaraddiction.com. And yep. you 
get into both of those um, events through there. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We thank appreciate you. you so much. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. This toxin thing is big. I mean, people, it's just big, really. And I'm glad you brought sugar into the mix, too. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.